Hello and welcome back to the Pit Stop Podcast. I am Jordan Dyler Coleman. I am joined by Tyler Walzak. Tyler, it has been far too long. The summer been. break, the summer break this year felt like extended beyond just the three, three weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, 14, 16 days, 14 whatever. straight days. You can't work on your car or your team, but then there's a week after that. So it's even longer than that. So like a month off, we've been sitting here waiting for Formula One to return and boy, did it return at the, at, 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 at what I think is fair to say. And I think we should probably by this point have like copywritten this term, but you know, that was a high event weekend very high event lots going on the weather always fun played a factor all three days all four days i guess into practice too but definitely through qualifying definitely through the race it meant we had lots of different storylines lots of different names up at different points of the timing charts some guys not so far up the timing charts as they'd like during qualifying but lots to get to and and to be fair we get to really just focus on the race because although silly season is in full swing we didn't really get the kind of like fireworks we did last year during the summer break it seems like everyone for the most part kind of kept their powder dry obviously haas announcing both of their drivers will be back there's a rumor that there is a contract in place for lewis that hasn't been announced or anything so we don't really get that kind of like welcome back what did we miss we get it's a back here's racing it's been set up to be a boring silly season because everyone is kind of signed through 2024 so next year's um summer break will be the opposite of this it'll be very crazy it'll be um all over the place rumors just going wild we do owe the fans a little bit of an apology because we were going to do a preview episode but uh because nothing really happened um during the silly season and i do believe that you took the first 14 days off and then i took the last 14 days off so we had an inter like a a, a one week there where like we weren't allowed to talk about it well no, it just carried you- over to be fair, and before we get to it, we have to we have to say this episode of the Pit Stop Podcast is presented by Running Down the Clock, another podcast on this network who has kindly uh, sponsored this episode of this show. And I guess we probably owe them a sponsorship at some other point during their season. But you've been kind no, of busy them. during those 14 days. So you may not have been working on this show necessarily, but you've been very busy previewing the NFL season. You and Puya host that show every Thursday, obviously on the network for NFL fans out there to, you know, football fans talking to football fans. You should check it out anywhere. You get your podcasts. You've been busy. Yeah. Thank you. And actually summer, this summer break could not have come at a more perfect time because this, that is when we started launching our um, first four episodes of this season um, to get going into the NFL season, which starts in a week from this Thursday. Uh, yeah, it, it does. And there's already news flying every which way. You know, we got quarterbacks trades. We got guys not dressing because they're not injured or they're injured now. They're not going to come back to play for four games. All kinds of fun story. So, yeah, check that out every Thursday, everywhere you get your podcast. All right, Tyler, let's get to it. Uh, as I said, very dramatic, very busy week. And we know there's definitely some storylines in this weekend that have got you just all fired. Uh, um, I have a biggest smile on my face. And I'm like, do I, do I do I do my rant now? Or do I do it towards the end? Like, I'm just going to wait for a moment to jump in. And okay. we'll start where we usually probably started. And that's qualifying. Yeah, yeah. Let's get back to qualifying just to start because it, you know, going coming into this weekend, it's always one of those kind of weird ones. Not unlike the first race of the season. You know, some some guys have had, let's say, more fun on their break and they need a a little bit extra work to kind of get back in the car and get everything back dialed in and ready to go. And of course we also know that although they weren't able to work for those period of time, all these teams have still been thinking about what the next pieces of the puzzle are going to be. Yeah. 
upgrades, all kinds of strategy going into all of this. So, you know, big expectation on some teams, some of those teams, especially that we saw close the gap that they had earlier in the year, Mercedes McLaren, especially who was coming into the break really hot, couldn't have come kind of at a worse spot for them, but they were hoping to pick right back up where they'd left off. And then qualifying hits, we got a bunch of rain. Uh, so that changes yeah. everything. Heavy um, rain. Heavy yeah, rain. So where, do you want, where do you want to start with that? Yeah. Well, let's start with every time you turn on a, a Saturday qualifying session and you see rain falling as they introduce the track and the drivers, you know you're in for something fun that day. You know that anyone could, not anyone, but everybody from 2 to nine, two to 20 could qualify for that second spot. Um and, and this was qualifying one was rain. The whole thing was was done from start to finish in the rain. Um, but we didn't get too many surprises out of that qualifying one. I think Ocon's the only person that really should have made it past the top 15, but didn't. Um, the second qualifying is where we had our kind of like shock moment. That's Hamilton did not make it out of qualifying two, which was a surprise moment, um, especially coming out of like, the summer break, you kind of want to go in as a Mercedes fan, as a Hamilton, who's one of the biggest people in the sport of all time. You want to see him do well because you're looking, you've had three weeks off. You wanted him, you want your guys, the main guys to come in and, and get hot right away off the beginning, but he didn't make it out of qualifying two. And then qualifying three, the track just started to dry up. But at that awkward phase where one or two turns kind of have a little bit of residue of water left over. And, and we saw that with, um, Williams Sargent finally, finally getting into qualifying three, yeah. finally, first time. And yeah. then what does he do? He puts it in the wall almost yeah. immediately. Now, unfortunately, we missed a step here. We do need to go back. There was one sort of story coming out of practice, which is obviously, yeah, yeah you're right. We, you're we right. It's a big, a huge part. It's a, so, well, Ricardo's only been in the, this, this, this second conversation for one week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. And, and unfortunately it's going to be a little bit of time now. So yeah, for those obviously who missed it, he, he, he came around a corner to find a McLaren stranded, uh, not knowing that it was there and had to make very a quick decision. He put it in the wall kind of just to save himself from going T-bone straight into that McLaren, which to be fair was the safer choice, but it turned out to be a really bad situation for him. He wasn't able to kind of get his arms off the steering wheel and into that brace position. We're used to seeing them. And he unfortunately fractured uh, a bone in his hand at first. He had a car pull five or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was reported wrist at first. It sounds like it was hand. Apparently he's had surgery now. I guess they put a pin in there. Same uh, surgeon as Stroll. That's right. And so the hope is that he would be able to recover quickly. Cause if you recall, Stroll recovered incredibly quickly, which was yeah. pretty impressive. And um, <laughs> Ricardo certainly has some high motivation here to stay in that car and keep the pressure on Red Bull to give him another seat. But uh, this isn't going to help from that perspective. You know what though? Like just to be think outside the box here. So he, he won't be racing next weekend, but it's supposed to be a mid-September return for Ricardo. But you have to think that right now his stock is so high that if he was put in that Alfa Tori, he might just fail because the car is not where it needs to be. And the worse he does on the track, the worse it's going to make him look. So kind of yep. one of those like cash 22, maybe it's a good thing. Um, we're glad he's okay and everything, but the more races he misses, the more chances he has to maybe get a full one-year contract with Alvatore or even maybe take Perez's spot. Yeah, very possible. And so we get to see Liam Lawson, who's waited a long time for his F1 debut, a guy who had had a lot of success at Formula 2. Um, so, you know, I read one of those Red Bull development drivers who's kind of been waiting in the wings. It's a good opportunity for him. Um, mm. So we'll see what he can do with a couple of races, obviously. It'll be good. I mean, this race, he was just chucked in last second. But it's we'll talk about him. We're going to yeah. talk about him today. 
Yeah, and, sure. and it'll be good for him to at least have one or two opportunities here. He'll he'll race again at Monza. So, uh, all right. So we get through qualifying, as we say. Obviously, Max still ends up on pole, even with all of the silliness that's going on there. But it's an interesting grid to start with. Um, we've got uh, Russell up there. We have Norris up there again. The, the McLaren's still looking really good. We've got uh, we've got an Alpine up there. We've got an interesting. Say the one, one though. Say yeah, the one yeah, guy yeah, yeah, that yeah, stole yeah. the day. Gasly had a fantastic qualifying. No, 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 no. Saturday qualifying. Alex Albon. Oh, I'm sorry. Fourth. That's the one you want to talk about. Well, yeah, yes. We'll talk about Gasly when it gets okay, to okay. the race. Gasly had a good qualifying too. <laughs> sure, Gasly but Albon, Albon was fantastic. Fourth, his highest um, in his and, career. Yeah, and was on provisional pole for a moment before yeah. Max, again, somehow found a way to find blue purple sectors everywhere. Always does. Ridiculous. Yeah, always does. So we get to race day. We know that the rain is going to play a factor at some point. Um, we're able to start in the dry, which is nice, um, but they knew it was coming. Um, and so it kind of came and it went and we changed a few different things. But the biggest piece of the puzzle was the rain arrived right as the race started. And it well, was like, whoa, hold on, hang on. And nobody four was turns. So we have soft tires on everybody except Hamilton who's on the mediums planning to go long. Well, that didn't work out. And then mm-hmm. it really became a cluster. Everybody, every team has to make a split second decision. Some teams are very good at it. Some teams, not so much. And some of the teams like Mercedes who usually make the right call gambled and made the wrong call and some guys i think were hoping they could just kind of keep those soft tires out there for like two or three laps well what was supposed to happen right was that they said well immediately uh, like lap like literally in the first lap turn four rain was falling yeah brundle and the guys on the uh, announce table were saying oh my goodness it's raining on the straight it's raining on the straight and you had um people start thinking about what they're going to do and what they thought was it was going to be a short but like heavy, heavy yeah. and then in 10 15 minutes later if you could hold on to your intermediates then you'd go back to the intermediates because the rain was coming again but it was the this lap determined the podium in this race and that's where i'm going to jump in with this gasly do it stuff because we all know i'm going to be talking about gasly i'm going to do it right away because this is the second time this year that gasly immediately on the first lap was one or two into the pit in terms of rain and this was not his team saying, hey, like, why don't you come in for pit? He got past turn four or five, got on the radio and said, I want to go to inners. I want to go to inners. I want to go to inners. And now, granted, his team pushed back um, like 20 seconds later and said, are you sure? Like, a lot of people aren't probably going to do this. And he said, no, put me on inners right now. It's the smart thing to do. That that put him on the podium. That decision, and this is the second time he's done it this year. He did it at the sprint in Spa. And this is why I think if you were a fan of F1 and you were not a fan of Pierre Gasly, you are not paying attention because this kid has been given a chance, an opportunity when he went to Red Bull, taken away from him. We've talked about it a million times. And all he did was keep his mouth shut, go into the next car that let him race. And he won He won a race two, two years ago now, 2021, or 2020, sorry. Won a race in an Alfa Leaves AlphaTauri after it's kind of like they're meddling. They're kind of falling back. They're they're at bottom of the pack now. Says, you know what? I'm going to jump to Alpine. Goes to Alpine, not going well this year. 12 races. He's even said himself, this car was built by Alonso. This car was built Ocon. It was built on what they want to do, how they want to drive it. But just says that, keeps his mouth shut. All he does is go out there, work hard. Comes back. I would say at spa, he made the decision. Let's go into the pits right away. Let's do this. No one's questioning him when he makes these. That's kind of, I want to hear more of the Alpine, more of these drivers that are kind of like in the midfield and make the decisions to switch the tires. Cause we hear the Ferrari, we hear the Hamilton, we hear the Verstappen, all about them complaining and doing things that their team wants them to do. But we don't hear about the Gasly 
choosing what he wants to do based on his experience, based on his, how he drives, but just doing it. And then a team saying, okay, like you live or die by this sword. And two times now he's shown that in the rain, making the decisions, he's living by his sword and he's succeeding on the podium twice for doing it. Um, it was uh, that right away put me, it made me immediately think of spa when he, he Perez was in first and then, um, and then Gasly came in, and then Leclerc, Zhao, Sunada, Lawson, and Magnussen all came in after on team orders. Um, and it was Leclerc had a bit of a problem there in that first one. They didn't have the tires ready for them, which we'll talk about Ferrari in a little bit for that. But, I mean, if you were still watching Formula 1 and you, for some reason, don't like Gasly, you're not paying attention to this kid. And I know I'm a homer, and I know I'm kind of beating a drum that I built myself. But the unbelievable start to a race that just absolutely magnified as as the two hours or so it took to to finish this thing. Um, I'm still like so jacked up right now from from watching that race last night. I watched it again um, today and just best race of the year. But again, that's because I'm a Gasly fan. But that decision, those decisions on a rock, like when a driver comes on the radio and says, I'm going to enters and then you get challenged by your team and they say, nope, we're going to do it. Trust me. And they do it. That says a lot through one to 100 on whoever's working on that team. It's like, okay, we trust our driver. The confidence in his voice is going to do it. And man, like set him up for the rest of the race. Totally. And again, it was one of those, you have to be bold sometimes to, mm -hmm. to, to, to put yourself in a position to succeed. Unless you're again in that Red Bull where even when you make a mistake, you've got the pace to like make up for it. And I would say like there were more than just the Red Bull team that were able to close a lot of the gap from making those mistakes. Lewis is a great example, puts himself back up in the top five after a team mistake and not getting yeah. him out there. But in Gazzy's case, they, they have had a very quick car in the last couple of races, but that, that 100%, as you say, that was the race for him there. And he had an opportunity to, to be on the podium from that point forward, as long as he had a clean race. And there were other moments that would have been touch and go, but even from that point forward, they didn't, they didn't make that mistake that some guys have made, which is fantastic. Um, if you're in a top tier car, you can make mistakes because yeah. you know, your car's going to get you back. But these midfield guys, if they want to hit podiums or top five finishes, they have to be, I would say also lucky, like perfect with their strategy, but also lucky. Like you see, so Gasly coming in, and say, no, I'm coming in, I'm coming in, I'm coming in. But then you have Ferrari going, Leclerc, are you coming in? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I think I might come in. Are you going to come in? Because we need to get ready. And then he gets in the pit, and the, he's jacked up in the pit, waiting, and the tires aren't out of the out of exactly. the garage yet. And so in that situation, again, like Gasly runs the risk of making that call and his team not being able to react to it. But in this situation, they were, and that's fantastic. That yeah. shows you they're it's all quick decision. They're making it work, and it's and they're ready to go, which is great. Um. We'll talk about him a little bit more a little bit later, I'm pretty sure. But oh, let's yeah. jump through some of the other pieces of this story. So, um, as I said, obviously Mercedes makes the mistake. The Ferrari piece for me is just sort of comical because it's always Ferrari that seems to not be able to get their shit together. But at the same time, we did see something we hadn't seen in a little while, which was that Signs was kind of given the the lead driver sort of responsibilities from Ferrari because he just had the yeah. pace that that that. Uh, Leclerc didn't uh, mm -hmm. at that early point. They inverted those cars. They got them moving. Um, and he was able to at least put a little bit of a fight on. And then it kind of came down to like the, the pit strategy. There were sort of those two windows. The first one, obviously, right off the beginning of the race. And then that second stint where they had to decide when to get off the inners back onto the slicks and when 
that next bit of rain was coming. It was kind of the anticipation of like, how far do we want to push this? And of course we also had the, the safety car, which made a big difference. But yeah. So there was three, I would say there's three waves of that first pit. So when the rain came out, there was the first group that I said that came in and then it was the next lap that the other guys were stopping Alonzo um, and the other guys came in, but there was also the third group, like the Hamiltons, the Russells that the stayed out there to try yeah. to get through. Yeah. To be like, Hey, if you can just make it like, I think the actual call to Hamilton was like, you're just going to have to get through this. We've yeah. made a decision. You're going to have to get yeah. through this. Yeah. They, they realized that, they but they all eventually came in yeah. and oh, got yeah. into it. So like, they had to. Yeah. So then what you, what you, to go back to what you're saying is so around lap 12, yeah. that's when those people had to decide um, those people, those drivers had to decide and the teams, when are we going to go back to slicks? And yeah. it was around lap 11 or 12. So it was, there was lap one to, to 12, so 10 laps or so where um, you needed the inters. And again, you had to like, you had to manage those inters. You had to find the wet spots. You had to do this stuff to cool them down and, and not take all the rubber off them. But like everyone knew that was going to happen. Um, but it was, it was more of a penalty to be on slicks in the wet than it was to be on inters in the dry. Yeah. And again, you know, it, it's one, it's sorry, go ahead. Imagine if someone started on inters. Yeah. That's, that was, the, I mean, that's the thing is it's like all of that strategy goes out the window and then you're just kind of into improvised mode. But what, what I was going to say was, which was kind of interesting was that there was a secondary element of, of strategy going on because when you go to the inter, um, you still have to go back to the slick and then there's still the rules about like which compounds you've been on. And for some of those drivers, by making that first stint right away, that next pit stop was going to determine whether it was like a three stop or they were going to have to change again if they got to weather. So it really did become kind of an interesting, like it, it became a bit, it, it felt like it became a bit of a, um, like a strategic uh, what's the word for it? Like quagmire for some of those teams in the sense that they had to really be like foreseeing every possible outcome. But then we get the safety car and all that goes away. Um, yeah. And I mean, the funniest part being that like Perez had literally come into the pits I to, know. to make that first move. And then that was just completely, completely negated by the fact that yeah. we get the, we Sergeant, get the red flag. Sergeant goes into the wall in lap 15 and that's what brings out the safety car. And, and then a red um, flag. Out for the rain later. Well, the red flag Safety was late first. That's red right. Flag, yeah, yeah. No, red flag was way later. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of the Paris one, which was the red flag. That's why I was just yeah. correcting myself. That this, came later. This was the yeah, early the one. The car was early. Yeah, everyone kind of went back to um, uh, back to the slicks right almost right before that safety car so no one was able to take advantage of it too much somebody got screwed on it i forget who it was where they came in and then as they were in the pit the safety car um came out i forget who that was but um this is also where so we talked about rule changes mm -hmm. last week or last last episode and, and the episode before that this is kind of a rule change that i think should happen because gasly um was speeding in the pit by 0.1 kilometers per hour. Yeah. So it's a five-second penalty. Yeah. Now, that's fine. That's a penalty. You can't argue that. But you know how we see these guys come in and they they are trying to serve their five-second penalty where you're not allowed to touch the car, but someone touches the car like 0.1 seconds before the five, so they get a 10-second penalty. I would change that rule because I don't think you're waiting for a five-second penalty to then screw it up by 0.1 seconds. You get a 10-second penalty. I would just say that if you don't properly serve the five second penalty, you just get another five second penalty. You do. Because no, you get a 10 second. 
No, you've been given a 10 second penalty because you didn't serve your first five seconds. So they've added but, five. But, that's, the but you're wrong. Five. But you're wrong because you just served the first five. You didn't. Someone touched your car. Yeah, but no, you're not listening to me. Well, hear I me am out. listening to you. Hear me out. Okay. If you're waiting there for 4.9 seconds yep. and you don't and you didn't serve your penalty correctly, then you haven't served the penalty. So just serve. You could go to the rest of the race and not serve the penalty. So just serve like they just say, hey, you didn't serve it. You got to go serve it again. Instead right. of giving them a five second to add a 10, just make sure that they serve it at some point because it's bullshit that you get a 10 second because somebody that's the, not there the difficulty touched with it, it by point one. Okay, but the difficulty with this- You're is essentially that. serving a 10 second by yeah, not properly totally. doing it. But here's the thing. The, so Hey, listen, you asked for what I would change rules and that's what I would change. That's fine. But now I'm going to defend it just like you defended the, the rule about making sure that you had to have more than one. You had to have at least have one pit stop. Fair enough. So- the pushback is this. There's nowhere in that rule that specifies how much of the penalty was served when they touched the car. So you're right. If it's like, if the guy touches the car literally in the last second, they've already served 4.9 seconds of the penalty. It kind of dumb that they've got to serve it again. They've got to do a full 10 seconds instead of just an extra five seconds, right? Like I agree with you on that, but here's the thing. He touches it in the first second. It's no different than him touching it in that last hundredth of a second. He touched the car. But then you still take the five seconds off at the end. But then you still take the five seconds off at the next stop or at the end. There's two penalties. They are two different violations. One is for the But that's what I think is bullshit. If you don't serve that clean, you got to serve it. So that's already on the board. But then you've committed a second violation. So that's the second penalty. Therefore, it's two five-second penalties together. It's 10. But that's what I would change is like you, if you haven't served your five second penalty, then just go, you didn't serve it. You didn't have enough time. Or like, I'm not, I'm choosing to serve it later. Yeah. My personally, I just think if anyone commits a foul at any point in this thing, like there's any kind of penalty, they should just, uh, they're done for the day. But that only applies to Max Verstappen. Just say, I was like, wait, what? Um, Okay. Anyways, back to where we're going. Here's what I, here's what I want to know. This is what, this is what I want to know. At what point do we start to like question and like begin the conspiracy theories around the fact that like everyone else at some point this year has had something go wrong, just like luck go wrong. His teammate, literally everybody else in the grid has had some mistake. Oh, one lug nut didn't come off clean. So they have a slow pit stop. Oh, like one mistake there. Oh, one, you know, like somewhere this guy has to make a freaking mistake or someone has, you know what I mean? Like, how has he been this clean and flawless the whole way? It just, something is wrong. I don't buy it. Uh, I think there's, there's something. I'm glad you're saying it. I'm glad you're saying it now because then next week we can come back and be like, Hey, you did it. You jinxed him. He finally, somebody made a mistake. Um, Please. Can he just like, why, why does it have to be Ricardo breaking his hand? Like, this is what I mean. Like, could it not just for like once, could this guy have like food poisoning? Even like, please. Well, I, I would like to see him get beat on the track. Like even like not being able to race is one thing. It's like, okay, we're going to have a new winner, which would be very exciting, but just to have somebody actually mistake so that you can tell that there's a flaw within um, him as a person. You know what I mean? Like, just like, like have his car like have the lug nut too tight or that's what I mean though. But have like, him I would spin be, I would and rather, like lose a first. Position. I would rather have him lose when it's out of his control because then we get angry Max Verstappen, which never goes well. He's only a good driver when nothing is going wrong. He's not one of those guys who like rises to the pressure. He's just one of those guys who like if it's cool heads, he does well. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't know. No, I'm with you. I I we I thought all know we were that getting close. 
before the summer break, when we had all of that kind of like internal fighting with him and his engineer, I thought yeah. maybe we were just starting to see a chink in the armor and we were going to get something. Didn't happen. Anyway, back to this race. So, um, yeah, and then it kind of settled down for a little while. We did have some fun, some fun racing. I thought that there was some good overtaking. I thought both, as I said, the Mercedes did some good work to get back up into the fight, especially Russell before the red flag. Like he he put some some there were some good overtakes on a track that is not notorious for good overtaking opportunities. Um, he had some good overtakes. We saw him and uh, we saw Lewis uh, in a good fight at one point with Lando before he dropped in for some for some tires. Like we saw some good midfield fights obviously the top guys kind of ran away for a little bit i mean well gasly was under pressure for a while and still by ferrari them off yeah so he did really well so let's talk about ferrari because that that shouldn't be a thing right like alpine shouldn't be able to hold off a ferrari right is that is my crazy to say that no i think that we've seen alpine getting quicker and in certain tracks the season i think they have been good but you're right that was a fight that should favor ferrari yeah, but it even it either side. Yeah. So it, it started with Gasly ahead of Signs, Signs poking his nose ahead in a turn, and Gasly taking it back. Um, he never gave up a spot. But then you had Signs in front after one of the pits, and yeah. Gasly overtake overtakes him. Um, again, that's just me pumping up Gasly. It wasn't just a decision thing. It was actually his driving that helped him in this. But Charles Leclerc, what a brutal weekend for him. Yeah, crashes in Q three of qualifying, um, and then I came. Okay, do you watch um like if you ever come by anything on social media about um video game sports, esports, yep. and you see guys on there that it's called rage quitting? Yes. When something like Madden happens or something in like a, a bullshit like thing, like a glitch in this in the game happens sure. and they lose the game. That almost seemed exactly like what happened to Charles Leclerc when he was passed by uh, Liam Lawson. Yeah. Finally, he's struggling, and then Liam Lawson passes him. And Leclerc goes into the pits and yeah. they, they retire him. Like that is 1000% a, Hey, you just got passed by uh, exactly. a guy who was in his first race ever. That's yeah. never raced on a wet track in yeah. F1, never had a lap on a wet track in F1. Just got passed by him. Like maybe come in and we'll, we'll say something's wrong with the bottom of the car or something. Yeah. Exactly. But that was a rage quit. If I've ever seen one before. For sure. Yeah. It was not a weekend. He will want to remember. Um, we end up with the red flag late. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's when Sergeant went out. Um, no, Sergeant was early. The red flag late was uh, Zhao. Oh, sorry. So that's when right. it started playing around. Yeah. And, and I yeah, think yeah. Verstappen went to Wets. Zhao he went, caught the back and he just couldn't yeah. hold it. And it went off. Four or five track. people went off the track. And yeah. that's where the red flag came out. So I wanted to know what your thought were on that because it looked like we were under similar conditions to what we had earlier with the Inters, but it felt like just that, that there were parts of this track where it was just too heavy for what they were. They could have gone to the extreme wets. And actually, if you recall, uh, was it Ocon who went to the extreme wets or was put on the extreme wets and hated the idea of it? I think oh, no, it was Esteban in Ocon. this race. Yeah, it was Ocon. Verstappen was on the wets at the end. Yeah, but first before. it was Ocon. Correct. Remember, they put Ocon on right before the red oh, flag yeah. and he was too slow. But had they not red flagged it, he would have been the only one functioning. And so it was yeah, one again, right. one of those like, it could have been 100%. the right call, but it was just a second too late on the call kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they, the red flag negated this great opportunity that he had. Um, but yeah, you're right because it was it was uh, Zhao went out, but we also saw Hamilton go. Hamilton across went the, off. The, I think Haas went off. Yeah. So um, it was it was definitely a good call to make because they knew the ran was going to, you know, pass, and we were able to get back to racing. But it changed some things. It uh, also only furthers. So George Russell has been saying all year. There's no point to the wet tire. If you're yeah. on the wet tire, 
Stop. red flag to race. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's like, when are we going to use it? When are we ever going to use it? When's it ever going to benefit? And then as soon as they have an opportunity to go to the wet tire to use they it for some it. laps, yeah. they call the race a red flag. So if anything, it just proves George Russell well, you, as the head probably, of the safety yeah. FIA yeah. driver yeah. that like yeah. these tires don't do anything. Totally. And, and, and that's a, I mean, there's a conversation we had there too. Um, but I have another question about this red flag. Why did we not get a standing start? That's We've had standing question. starts coming out of red flags every year, except for this season. That's and it's a great like, question. if it's safe to drive, it's safe to start from the front. Yep. No, yeah. you're right. We talked about this last time. The yeah. only reason, in my opinion, to come out of a red flag and stay behind a safety car is if the conditions are not improving and your intent is to just finish the race behind a safety car, which we've seen them do when there's like yep. three laps to go. I'm fine. Fine. Get the full circuit in give the fans an extra parade but that's all it is if the point of the red flag is to prevent people from racing in dangerous conditions and to wait till it's safe then when it's safe restart the race correctly the only person it benefits is whoever's in the lead they're everybody else it's 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 stupid and so again it's like this wouldn't you know what i mean like we should have had a standing start you're right you know what's funny about that is that I think I I think that was the rule I said I would have changed or I didn't understand like two episodes ago where I was like why are why are we doing standing starts anymore? Didn't even think about it because I was so focused on the anger of Perez being able to start in third. Yeah. Behind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. After going into the pit where Gasly had to start at fourth, I was so little did you know he about that. And then, then he went so he goes ahead and gets speeding. So he has a five second penalty, evens the playing field. But I didn't even think about that because I was so sweaty and like one directionally focused on Gasly hitting the podium that I didn't even think about a standing yeah. start being an option. I yeah. heard rolling start and I was like, okay. Like yeah, that. Karun, and I was the one complaining the most about it. Karun Chandok, who was doing color commentary this race, did did ask. And I think he and 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 Crofty did have a conversation about it. And I think they kind of both agreed. They were like, this feels odd. It's like, if you're not going to just like, why? Like, so it, it, I, for me, that was a blatant example of like unnecessary precaution. I yeah. I'm totally fine. If you want to red flag a race under dangerous situations and wait till it's safe when you know, you still have time to do it. Let's go. Totally fine with that. I agree with you also. And George Russell at the same time, get rid of the blue tires. Why are they even here? It's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. We're not going to run them. Let's not run them. But if then we're going to start fiddling around and like, or change the rule, say that we never get a, a standing start and it should always be a rolling start after red flag, which will be very interesting when we have clean racing conditions and we're coming off a crash and yeah. we're at start. Like that's, that's what it is. It's like, okay, so if, if it's weather dependent, then that's, then let's have that conversation. But that doesn't make any sense to me. Like have the, if uh, one of the pushbacks that Kroon had was, he was like, well, I know that, they like to have the cars go out there after the safety car to move the water because they can move a lot of water quickly when the cars are actually out there. That helps clean up the racing line. Well, fine. Do two or three laps behind it. Make them formation laps. They can come off the, the race distance. That's fine. But I still want four laps or five laps of actual race from a standing start would be fantastic. That's mm-hmm. good excitement. That's good drama. And it leave it, as you say, it properly, you know, it negates any of the silliness that always happens with the red flag because we, you know, People are out of position. I don't here's know. a better, here's another question to piggyback off what you're saying. And what you said that made me think about this was they bring the cars out to help move around the water. Well, when the cars are like during the red flag, when they're sitting in the pit, why is there not trucks with sweepers and trucks that are like 
the like um NASCAR and a lot of the other racing um leagues I have an in the world have drying. Have oh, do you? Okay, perfect. Yeah. So what the uh, that's the question. Like, why don't they use drying trucks? The circuits too damn long. They do it in NASCAR because it's like a, it's like it's a single loop circuit and they can drive around it in about five minutes uh, at, a, at in one of those pushing truck car, like one of those water moving cars. This is, has elevation. It's got changes in direction. It's just, it's a bit, it's too much of a challenge. Even on the tracks where they bring out like the sweeping trucks to clean up like debris or whatever, it, 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 it adds 30, 40, 50 minutes to the, to the red flag just to clean stuff up because of how big these circuits are. I think that's the reason uh, they, they're not able to sort of like on a NASCAR track, they're driving in a circle. You know what I mean? Like it's a big loop, but it's a circle. Sure, but there they are three, three of them side by side. Right. Here we've got different banking angles. We've got different turning angles. I bet you some car. Of big, no, no, but but they're and they're not cars. They're like those big trucks. They're like Zamboni. Big trucks. Okay. Size. So a Zamboni can't go on a 20 degree I'm not bank? sure you want to put a Zamboni on one of those banks there at, at Zandvoort. Like there's some the, there are the some banks in NASCAR are, are steeper maybe, than the yeah, ones on F1. Right. I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe we should ask our fans to submit it as a question. We can do the proper research before we spring it on each other. I submit it as a question. I submit it as a question. All right. We'll make it a question down the road. We'll do some research, okay? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, this led to chaos at the end with like, like just people running off the track. Well, purchase it, comes out well it it and it, and then the restart was it was like okay here we go we're just gonna finish this race normally and then immediately we're like oh wait and Perez has a penalty, and that Which changed made, everything. I went from like the most angry person in the world for um why they allowed him to go back into third to the person standing like holding onto the ceiling. Just yeah. like, holy shit, this actually, Gasly might actually be able to pull this off. And there was a time there where he was down, like, started off, he he got so ahead of signs. Hang on, hang on. What part of the ceiling were you hanging on to? No, like, I was standing on top of, like, multiple chairs on the couch, okay. touching the ceiling. Just out of luck. It's just a luck thing I do. I didn't know how low the ceilings were in your house. No, no, they're high. You got to you gotta stack furniture. But it's okay. one of those things there where you, you only do it on a special occasion. Um, Sounds dangerous. <laughs> it's very dangerous. That's why it's, you got to be focused um he held off signs he got ahead of signs for like two seconds right away but he was falling he got i think to 3.8 3.9 seconds behind perez where it was like shit he might not pull this off foot on the floor and you know it's kind of wet so you don't want to risk it too much because you don't want to spin out and lose fourth yeah. but also like you have a chance to hit the podium so took it put his foot on the floor and, and took it got back within 2.5 or something and man what happened i was screaming at the top of my lungs yeah, it was a great finish. And I knew the minute it came, I was like, Tyler's going to be having a good afternoon. Uh, it was a great way for it to finish, considering how, you know, we had all this, all of the storylines going in around it. And I certainly wouldn't have put money on Gasly making the podium just based on what we've seen so far. But it was one of those races where like high event leads to opportunistic uh, and he was in the right place at the right time, took advantage of it, as you say, made the right calls, the right moments. And then in that case, he got a little lucky because he got a little unlucky moments before when they rearranged the order. So everything worked out for him. It worked out for uh, Max. Obviously he, he sets a new record for most consecutive wins and, uh, and for Red Bull, they just can continue to dominate. So that's where well, we're one at. One of them does. Yeah. We won't talk. No, about no, but as a team, it, but... as a team, as a team, yeah. They haven't lost a race this year. Uh, did you see that? I will say this at the end of the race. Did you see Toto Wolf's comment about Red Bull? How he'd Kinda. rather have a fast car on a bad day than a bad car on a good day. No, <laughs> he like... said he he stoked a little bit of the flame and said, the only thing about Red Bull, it's so weird that they have one car always qualifying at the top and one car 
never really being able to hit that limit and just kind of stoked the flame a little bit. Just like, Hey, what, what is actually going on over there? Yeah, Anything totally. head games at this point, you got to totally. do something. Well, and we didn't talk about it, but there was a moment earlier in this race where there was a bit of favorable treatment. Perez was leading the race and they still gave Max the first pit option. The undercut, they undercut him. Yeah. They undercut Perez and he knew it. And they told him like, yeah, he undercutted you. Yeah. But I mean, at this point, what can Perez do? He's got his tail between his legs. hundred percent. Yeah. It's not working for him. So, and well, he thought he could get a little faster in the pit lane. That's what he thought he could do. That's what he's, he's, he's trying to grab every, every, every spare bit of advantage he can. Cause he can't compete yeah, spare bits against Verstappen. You need to get, you need 12 second advantages. Yeah, no, <laughs> totally, totally, totally. All right. Uh, let's hand out some hardware. Um, but let's start with our driver of the day. I think I got the, beef with the people watching that gave it to. Yeah. Alonso. Well, they come on, come on, come on, come on. Beef. That's, yeah. 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 He's French. There's not a lot of love for the French in, in Europe. You got to be, you got to accept that. Alonso started fifth. Started fifth, finished second. Gasly started 12th. There's a lot of Alonso love out there. Finished third. Come on. Gasly, Gasly driver of the day. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. Okay, great. Not so driver of the day. There's a couple options here. As you say, yeah. Leclerc could probably be in that conversation. I, I mean, got Leclerc. We didn't really talk about it. It's like, I don't think you can really blame Russell for how it ended for him. Like it's his first DNF in a while of this season. Um, he finished but, the race. He finished all 72 laps. Just last place. Yeah. Oh, I thought he DNF'd after the puncture, but I guess he went and got it. Got he him went and got switched out yeah. and got back out there, but... Yeah, that by that point, I wasn't even paying attention to him. I was just watching <laughs> yeah. to see if Lewis could get another spot. Um, but that's not really his fault. It was a, no. again, he tangled it and, 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 and made up for what he could earlier. Um, for me, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you probably it has to be Leclerc if it's not one of the guys who kind of didn't finish. Uh, Leclerc's got to be it's got to be better. He's letting his whole yeah. his whole season is pretty much gone down down the tube, but he's letting it affect his is like legacy, his career. Yep. And that, that is not something that is supposed to happen to somebody of his quality of driving. Uh, what do you have for radio call of the race? Uh, that's a good one. I, I honestly have, I think most of it was Hamilton being like, we screwed up. We, we did the wrong thing. We did the wrong thing. And then just being like, you're right. But we we're all we can do is just try to yeah. make it up, make it up to you. Yeah. We can go with that. And then our or over- you want to go with Gasly's at the end. It's just excitement, good. pure that joy. Good. That was pretty good. Let's take our overtake of the day, though. What do you got? Um, I actually have, let me, I have it written down here. It's lap 55. It was actually Alonzo after he had a super slow pit. I think it was like 11 seconds or something like that. Um, yeah, he came over, he came up well. and took over signs with a great pass um, on lap 55. Perfect. That's, there we go. So we have uh, Gasly as our driver of the day. Leclerc as our not so driver of the day. We're going with uh, Lewis on the radio and Alonzo with the overtake. Uh, that, that's all we got. You got anything else for this before we move on? Oh, there are a whole bunch more, but we don't have time for it, man. We can talk about Gasly for the whole night. All right. We'll do a spare a spinoff uh, podcast dedicated just to Gasly later. Uh, that's it for that. Let's move on uh, after this break. Hey, football fans. The Ordinary Podcasting Network is very excited to welcome back for its second season. Running Down the Clock, presented by Puya Ricey and Tyler Walzak. These two football fans will sit down with you every Thursday of the NFL schedule to talk football. You can subscribe to Running Down the Clock anywhere you get your podcast. Hey, uh, uh, Jordan, what time is it? It's time for mail. Box, box, box. 
Okay, Tyler. So this week um, we're going to go with a question from a new fan of Formula One. We try to mix it up. Obviously, sometimes people have very specific questions. Sometimes they're more general. This is a, someone who is new to the sport and uh, her name is Lisa. And she submitted this question actually a couple of weeks uh, ago during the break. So we kind of held on to it. Um, but it's a good question. She's, she's actually just basically saying, I've been watching Formula One this season for the first time. And I keep hearing some terms I can't figure out what they mean. Could you help me out? And she's listed them. So I'm going to read you a couple sort of slang terms that are common if you're used to hearing Formula One. But maybe maybe some of them, even our seasoned listeners, aren't necessarily aware of. So the first one she has is back marker. Can you define back marker for us, Tyler? Back marker. Um, you used to describe a driver at like the end of the field, like someone who starts kind of like I want to say 16 to 20th, but usually the guy that's kind of bringing it up the rear, sort of say. Yeah, I think that it's also used most commonly when we have drivers who are being lapped. And so like Blue flags, as, yeah, that's right. As as the leaders catch up to the to the back of the pack, those back markers are obligated to get out of the way. Right. So that's yeah. kind of when that term would be used. So I think that's I think we define that pretty well. Oh, not bad. Um, okay, here I'm not prepped for this, so this is no, I'm, no, no, I'm no. this is off the cuff. Yeah. yeah, no, I I don't <laughs> like to give you too much lead time. All right, here this one. Um, so she actually had two questions. There's two t uh, names here that both are related to tires. So the first one is flat spot. What is a flat spot, and when does it occur? A flat spot is when you brake too hard into a turn. You lock up, and the spot that's touching the the track it basically just rubs off that part. So the wheel no longer goes from a perfect cylinder, but hits a little bit of a, what we call a flat spot. And it just won't, you, you're going to lose grip over time. Like I know maybe you won't feel it in your regular everyday car, but you're going to feel it on these that you'll feel every little pebble under your wheel. You're going to feel those flat spots significantly. You just said something that's great for the next term she's asking for. She's, she's asking what are marbles? Uh, and she has in, in brackets, are there marbles on the track? Uh, and no, this is not Mario Kart. There are not hazards being put out there, but there are sometimes, I believe you called, you just said pebble or you just said. Uh, yeah. Well, what happens when you, especially when you have a flat spot, all the rubber that burns off that doesn't just evaporate. It, it's going to break down into tiny, tiny, tiny pieces of, of rubber, which they do call marbles. Um, and you do feel it more and more over the track. It helps with grip a lot of the times, but it does, um, it, it's significantly effective. Okay. And the last term she has, uh, what did actually come up, uh, in this, in this, uh, race a couple of times, what is a tank slapper, a tank slapper, uh, a tank slapper. That's yeah, the I, term. That's the term. Tank I looked slapper. this one up cause I didn't know this one beforehand. But a apparently tank slapper. Yeah, yeah. It's got a like. I would imagine that a tank slapper would be some type of. It's either something to do with something that happens in the race that significantly affects your gas mileage in terms of trying to get to the end, or you get hit by another car, maybe in the midsection of your car to to affect your your where your your fuel line is. You're not close, but it was a good, Damn. both of those are good guesses. I wouldn't have been able to define this without looking it up either, but this is the only one I looked up. So a driver is said to have got a tank slapper when a sideways movement causes the rear end of the car to step out of line okay. as if a giant invisible force has slapped the side of the back tank of the car. So I get that. The car has gone. Whoa. A lot of those in qualifying. That's a lot right. Of those and we had a, very good example of it in this race too when lewis was trying to overtake george right before they asked him to get out of the way and he took a little bit of grass 
on the rear tire and he had a real fast snap and had to recover because he yeah, could have lost recovery. the car there. Right. Great that would recovery. be a great example of a tank slapper. Okay. All right. There you go, Lisa. We did our best to try to help you with some of those terms. Uh, if you're like Lisa and are just new to formula one and have questions, please, you can submit them. Uh, if you are not new to formula one, if you are a seasoned veteran or a gearhead and you have questions, you can submit them too. We'll do our best to answer them for you on another episode of the pit stop podcast coming up. All right, Tyler, take us to Monza. Manza, La Pista Magica, Temple of Speed, my favorite race of the year. Um, first Grand Prix, 1950, 53 laps. Uh, lap record is 121 and 46 hundredths. 11 turns, this straightaway, as soon as those lights drop, full, full of the floor, but then you got a chicane coming up right away. Two DRS zones, straights between uh, turns seven and eight, and then the start-finish line. This race, the cars are at full throttle for 80% of the lap. It is the shortest race of the year. It's going to be like 75 to 85 minutes long. Um, obviously, red flags and all that stuff will change that. Um, so with this race, though, so last year it was a one-stop strategy, specifically because it's so fast, but also so fast that the degradation on the wheels aren't as heavy as other races. But the average pit loss time is around 24 seconds here. Um this race yeah, specifically, time, you do not need a lot of downforce, whereas we just saw the Dutch GP requires a lot of downforce because of the corners and technicality of it. Um, Monza's least amount of downforce on the entire um, calendar. DRS is going to be less effective here because of that. Now, this weekend, we do have the qualifying rules where teams have to use hard tires Q1, medium Q2, soft Q3. That is, of course, if there is no rain. Now, the forecast here is not exactly going to be 100% dry weather, so stay tuned. Um, last year, kind of a pedestrian race. Um, it did finish under the safety car. Um, and the quote that we would have had for this race is Verstappen at the end after he won. He said that was a very lonely race. Um, <laughs> podium was Verstappen, Leclerc, Russell, DNFs, Vettel, Alonso, Stroll, Ricardo. Um, sad note that that was Vettel's last chance at Monza and he did not finish. Um, but here we go. 2021 podium, Ricardo and McLaren one, Norris, McLaren on the podium, Botas, Mercedes to round out that podium. 2020 Monza, Gasly, Alpha Tori, after being kicked out of Red Bull, comes back, all the horses in front of him, wins that race, signs in the McLaren, follows him up with Stroll from Racing Point, um, finishing up that podium. So McLaren has some history here if you go over those last names. Now, here's my prediction. I said it a couple weeks ago, and I did get messages from people being like, I'm crazy, but if you're going... For somebody not like Verstappen, if you're looking for an underdog betting favorite that actually has a chance to win this race, look no further than Albon in a Williams. They are fast in a straight line, which is what you need. Albon has been on fire. It was P8, I think, um, in the Dutch Grand Prix just last weekend, having a great year. Um, so look out for that for that uh, Williams-Albon, uh, or at least top five. Winner or top five, I'll stand by that. Um, Ferrari's going to come out hungry. This is their home race. They have a lot to make up for what just happened. Um, if you're looking for somebody to fall, look no further than probably Aston Martin, which they don't do very well when there's not a lot of downforce, which is kind of why, um, Alonso did 
so well with the Dutch Grand Prix. Now, if you're looking at where Alonso finished and then where Stroll finished, Stroll might finish like 16 to 20 in this if he can't get it together. But that is Monza. I'm very much looking forward to this. I'm going to have my Gasly hat on, uh, and I'm going to be very much rooting for Albon because of this last two-minute message. Stacking the chairs to grab the roof. Um, <laughs> Monza is also one of my favorite tracks. I think I would put it up there with Silverstone. Um, and it has probably the best named corner. Corner 11 on this track is the Parabolica, yeah. which is just a fantastic name. Full speed corner. Uh, yeah, only 11 turns. I mean, it's a lot of drag race in here, and it's a lot of fun to watch. So hopefully we don't get too much rain, because this is one of the few races. Don't want rain for this. You do not want rain. You do not um, want rain. I mean, Monza. you don't want it at Spa, and you don't want it here, because uh, it really spoils the, the party. Um, that wow. first turn, the first turn here off lap one when the lights go out, that is what takes out a lot of these cars um, and makes for such great racing with like the midfield getting on the podium here. Um, so, I, I mean, rain here would ruin this weekend. The only, the only argument I'll make for that is a little bit of rain during qualifying. If it slowed down, Max Verstappen wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Qualifying rain, sure. But during All the right. race, you All want right. nothing but... You want that 80% full throttle on skies. Yeah, Yeah, totally. All right. Thanks, Tyler. Pretty good way to get ourselves back into the groove, and we'll be able to do it again in a week's time. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. As we mentioned off the top, this week's episode of the Pit Stop Podcast is presented by Running Down the Clock. Check that out everywhere you get your podcasts, every Thursday of the National Football League schedule. Uh, And until next week, uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate you listening. Share it with a friend. Subscribe. And we'll see you here after Monday. Whatever happened to keep it on the road? Pit Stop Podcast is a presentation of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. Thanks for listening. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.